Now, I hope you don't have leaving on your mind. I got preaching on mine. And what uh, I do have something I feel from the Holy Ghost. This church is at a very critical juncture. Very critical place. Mm. A very critical place and a very important place. And, you know, somebody, uh, a man of God that I, I'm going to the word of the Lord, Ezekiel chapter 47, verse number uh, um, two. And um, uh, a man of God that I trust very greatly, Brother uh, Dylan Jordan, it's good to see you tonight. Praise the Lord. And you're wonderful fiance standing there next to you. Keep her close. She makes you look good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> and, um, but he told me the other day, he said, the Lord moved upon him to begin to pray for the nations. And because right now there is a global shift happening. Right this very second. And I know that we like to believe that we're going to get the downpour of everything God's going to do in the earth. But that's not true. God's got nations he's getting ready to change. Okay. Now, we've been thinking about Lafayette. God's thinking about nations. Mm -hmm. And so he said the Lord moved upon him to begin to pray for the nations. And he said the Lord showed him a nation. And when he did, the Lord said to him, said, uh, when I show you a nation, you have six to eight months to prepare for what I'm going to do in that nation. Or the door will close and you will miss what I have prepared. Which tells me when God opens a door, doors don't stay open forever. Okay, y'all coming along, but we all right. And when God makes a way and he starts preparing a path, um, he makes sure that it's very clear the direction that you need to go. Okay, I'm going to the word of the Lord. Y'all, y'all, um, just, I know y'all don't know me, but this is where we're going. Praise the Lord. And I, I'm, I am, the Holy Ghost, by the end of this tonight, is going to help every one of you understand and get a clear understanding that this is a unique time and place for this people. Unique. Very unique. Ezekiel 47 and uh, verse number 2. Then he brought me out of the way of the gate north and led me about the way with, without under the utter gate by the way that looks east. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand, now this is very important, he went forth east and measured a thousand cubits. He brought me uh, through the waters and they were to the ankles. Somebody shout, he measured a thousand and brought me through the, and they were to the knees and he measured and he brought me through and they were to the loins. And verse number five, and he measured. I searched my spirit all afternoon for what the Holy Ghost would have me to say. And consequently, as I got here tonight, I didn't get nothing when I was at the hotel. Sorry, I wasn't watching on TV all day. But the Lord did not speak to me at the hotel. But when I got into this service this afternoon, the Lord moved upon me to talk to this church from this subject tonight, and he measured. Amen. 
and he measured. Would you lift your hands and ask the Lord to help us? Father, I thank you for the power that comes from preaching. Now, Lord, you're welcome to take over this service anytime you get ready. You're welcome to take over because it's, it's all about you anyhow. And, Lord, I want you to be glorified and magnified. And, Lord, you have sent your holy angels into this building. And I, I thank you for your, your angels. I thank you for the ministers that are here. I thank you, Lord, for the visitors. But it's all about you. And so I, I want to give you the praise and the honor for what you're going to do. And, Lord, I pray that you would flow through me tonight. And, Lord, help me to say exactly what you want me to say, no more and no less. In the name of Jesus, quicken to my mind everything you want said and done here tonight. In the name of Jesus, would you clap your hands to the Lord and give the Lord some praise in this house tonight. Come on, praise the name of the Lord. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Now, I'm quite confident I'm in good company here tonight. And uh, now, I, got, I just want to warn you, I don't have no notes, so that could be good or bad. Praise the Lord. Don't have no notes, so uh, it's up to you how long I preach. Praise the Lord. So... Um, the harder you push me, the faster I preach, and the faster I preach, the quicker I run out of air. And the quicker I run out of air, well, you know the end result. Praise the Lord. I'm just telling you how this works. Praise the Lord. Uh, I, I believe I'm in good company tonight. I've only been able to live a short 42 years of life, and uh, it's just a bleep on the radar, and it's just, you know, in the scope of eternity, we think in time, a hundred years is a long time to live, but in the scope of eternity, it's just a speck. And I have found out in my little speck of life that I have lived that I have discovered that I don't know everything there is to know about God. Well, praise the Lord. And you don't know everything there is to know about God either. And I like that. I like that, Brother Mendez. And the reason I like that is because just when I think I've got God figured out, just when I think I've got God pegged to a science, God shows up and does something on my behalf that I've never seen. <laughs> and I may be the only one in this room tonight that feels that way, but has, have you ever had your back against the wall and you didn't think there was no way out and you didn't think there was any way to get out of the mess you was in, but God showed a side of himself. Oh, I wish I had somebody to believe that in here right now. I'm preaching to people in this room right now that the doctor said there ain't no way. I'm preaching to people right now that the bank said it can't be done. But God knows how to do and make a way where there is no way. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Somebody ought to praise him right now. I don't mean to trouble you, but I'm going to go ahead and just obey the Holy Ghost here tonight. I'm going to tell some of you tonight that some of you need to know that you do not have the market cornered on God. You don't have all the answers. So stop pretending like you do and just let God do what he's going to do. Oh, I want some of you to hear me. You don't know where God's about to take this church. Stop trying to predict where God's trying to take this church because where God's going to take this church you cannot predict where he's going to take it oh yes oh yes Woo! and uh 
So just when you think you got God figured out, he does something that blows your mind. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me now. I understand that God, now we preach that God does not change. And, uh, uh, and uh, we, he does not change his word for anybody. He doesn't change his word for anybody. But he is not bound to a method. Ah, uh, yes. He don't change his word for anybody. I want you to know he don't change his message for anybody either. If he, if it took being born again of the water and the spirit to get into the kingdom, he's not going to change it for anybody. He said, I am the Lord thy God and I change not. Some of y'all better be glad he don't change. Malachi said, I am the Lord thy God and I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. What he was saying was, if I did change, I'd kill you right now. But because I don't change and I ain't changed my mind about you. Oh, yeah, well, I better... Oh, I wish somebody get on your feet and praise the Lord right now. Some of you better be thanking God just because he don't change. Oh. Uh. Oh, I, I feel a little churchy in here right now. I feel a little reckless up in here now. He said, I do not change. He said, if I change, you'd be dead right now. He said, because I don't change, I don't change my mind about what I think about you. He said, I don't change my mind about what I think about you. Now, you got to understand. Be seated just a moment. God, you'll be up again, I promise. Jeez, now watch this. In the Old Testament, they tried their best because we don't know everything there is to know about God. So when the writers begin to write and they begin to try to describe a God that was all places at all times, they tried all of their fancy ways to say it but they could not do it because the human mind could not reach it so at the end of the day they said we can't ex exhaust any more of our vocabulary so we will just say he's omnipresent Yes, he's at all places at all times. Watch it now. He said, I can't accurately describe Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is present. But ladies and gentlemen, he's not just present in your today. He is present in your yesterday and in your tomorrows. And that makes him omnipresent. Okay. So they could not they could not describe how he was a God that knew it all now I know you probably think you got some folks in your world that thinks they know it all but he is the know it all and they couldn't describe it so watch now God is unfolding revelation progressively so he says I didn't come to sermonize I'm trying to help y'all now he said because I can't describe a God that knows everything I just have to call him omniscient that means he knows it all now ladies and gentlemen when God gave you the Holy Ghost he gave you his spirit watch it now he gave you his spirit brother Dylan he gave it to you but he did not give it to you with measure uh, yes now watch it when Jesus came he came in the he came and had a full measure of God because he was God 
But when God gave you the Holy Ghost, my brother, he gave you the Holy Ghost, but he did not make you omnipresent. He did not make you omniscient. Because he said, if I make you omniscient, then you think you can live without me. But I got news for you. Without me, you can't do anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at your neighbor. Tell me you can't do it without God. Don't try to do it without God. Are y'all still with me out there? I didn't lose you, did I? I said, you can't do it without God. You can't go anywhere without God because he gave you his spirit without measure. With, with measure. The spirit knows all. But he reserves that knowledge to himself. He reserves that knowledge to himself. And uh, it's because, but what happens then is when he gives you the Holy Ghost and he wants you to have some, uh, some information, now he introduces the gifts of the Spirit. Oh, man. He introduces the gifts of the Spirit. He comes along and says, I gave you my Spirit. But now I'm going to introduce to you what I call the Word of Knowledge. Uh, yeah. That, oh, well, I better not. Uh, I, 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 I give you the Word of Knowledge. And what the Word of Knowledge is is a supernatural information that only God and the other individual knows you didn't know on your own. That's why you can't have a church that operates without the gifts of the Spirit. I don't know how I even got into this, but I come to tell you that's why you can't have a church that operates without the supernatural. Oh, yes. That's how come you can't have a church that, that, that doesn't believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. That's why you can't, you can't set up a church like that. Because you'll dry up and die and be skeptical of what God can do. Oh, yeah. That's why God will give you the word. He will give you the word of knowledge. And he'll give you the word of wisdom. Oh, uh, yeah, that's just for special folks. No, bro. If you pay the price and you hunger after the things of God, God will have no choice but to give it to you because he will withhold no good thing. I haven't forgot my message. I know where I'm going. Now, listen here. Uh, please hear me. I, I'm not here just to uh, take up your time. Uh, we're going somewhere in the Holy Ghost. Ladies and gentlemen, what God deals with us, he deals with us by measure. That's exactly right. He doesn't give you everything you want at one time. He doesn't give you everything you need at once because he wants you to be in pursuit of him. When God gets ready to deal with us, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, when he got ready to create the world, he created it by measure. What the Bible said that he measured the seas by his hand. And I got news for you. He said, when I got ready to measure the Atlantic Ocean, I took my hand and did the measuring. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, oh, I better not. I, that's why, ladies and gentlemen, when the devil starts attacking me, I'll tell you what I do. I look at that devil and say, hey, wait a minute. If you want to mess with me, don't you mess with me because I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll take my wallet out and lay it on the altar and say, hey, you want to try that? Because the Bible says that's the thing that God uses to rebuke the devourer oh I better not y'all just catch that right there 
he said, if you want to try that, I'll get the, I had a, I had a man that I knew. The enemy came in there and tried to attack his family. He took his wallet out and said, you really want to try that? He said, I'll give my way so deep into the things of God that when God's got done with you, you won't have a way out of the trouble you're in. See, y'all were shouting a minute ago when I started talking about giving, though. We start. Don't get nervous. I'm not taking up no offerings up in here. I'm trying to help some of y'all. Because I'm going to tell you something. God said, I measured the Atlantic Ocean by my hand. But he said, when you give to me, he said, you think you can measure what I got going on? He said, when I get ready to bless you, I don't trade handfuls with you. He said, I open up a window that you don't have room enough to receive. So... So God says, when I got ready to measure the seas, I did it by my hand. Well, David picks up the pen. Can I go a few more minutes? I, I'm not boring y'all, am I? Uh, David picks up the pen and he says this, Lord, teach me to measure my days. So what he was saying was, Lord, help me to get to the place that no matter what kind of trouble I'm in, help me to understand I don't know how many days I've got left. So all the days I do have left, I'm going to be giving it to praising you. That's why when I come to church, I'm not interested in scrolling through my Facebook. That's why when I come to church, I'm not interested in upgrading, updating my Instagram. That's why when I come to church, I ain't back there looking at where we're going to go to eat at the church. I'll tell you what needs to be done. You don't know how many services you got left, ma'am. You don't know how many services you got left, sir. So you better do it and give God all the praise you can while you have breath in your body. Oh, somebody better praise him in here. Could you go to heaven on the praise you're giving right now? I said, could you get, go to heaven on the praise you're giving right now? Could you go to heaven on the praise you're giving right now? Would you want to stand before God based on the praise that you have tonight? Oh, teach me to measure my days. Uh, teach me to measure my days. We ain't got time to waste. Somebody said, why are you being so radical? Why are you being so, why are you being so, uh, you know, forceful about what you're doing? I'll tell you why. Because I don't know how much time I got left. Why be so radical about what you're doing? Why, David, do you dance like you do? Oh, yeah, you remember that. Michael said, how dare you? You really outdid yourself today. He said, you're absolutely right. Because I don't know how much time I got left. But he said, I'll tell you what I do have. The time I, you think I was bad yesterday? He said, you think that I praised God last week? You ain't seen nothing yet, baby. You, I'm just getting warmed up. I'm about to give the most radical praise that I've ever given. You can die barren if you want to, but I made up my mind that I'm going to bring to birth what God said I could have. Now watch. So he says, teach me to measure my days. And uh, just look at your neighbor and tell him, I am going to praise the Lord. I am going to praise the Lord. See, when you praise the Lord, it releases the angelic. See, I'm going to tell you, I don't mean, it's dangerous for me not to have notes, but I'm just going to tell you right now, bro. I got a nephew at the house. 
I got a nephew who's the greatest praiser I have ever known. The greatest praiser I have ever known. He was, and how he got that praise was when he was 15 years old, he was traveling with me. And he was at the front of the church where I was preaching. Because I told him, if you're going to be with me, you ain't taking the lazy boy mentality. It ain't time to roast marshmallows and s'mores and drink hot chocolate. It's time to get on with it. Praise the Lord. And so he's up there, and he's trying to praise God. And about the time he starts praising God, my brother, he goes into an asthma attack. Now, now this is where most of us, we would just get the inhaler out, the puffer, and just go to puffing. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's what we would have done. But he sits down on that front row, and he starts crying. And he says to God, I'm going back to my message, but I, I'm just going to hit something right here. He says, he says, uh, Lord, every time I get ready to praise you, this asthma kicks in, and I can't praise you like I want to. Uh, now, now, God tells him something that would just blow our three amp fuse instead of God saying oh I understand son go over there and get your inhaler and come back when it's convenient no that's not what God said God said to him Bradley get up and dance ladies and gentlemen my boy got up and started dancing and instantly God healed him of his asthma and he's not had another asthma attack since tell you what some of you need to do you don't need to sit there and cry you need to get up and dance you need to get up and dance oh you need to get up and dance you've cried long enough you've cried you've cried but you ought to get up and dance Come on. Some of you got more hell than that. You ought to dance until you can breathe again. You ought to dance until you have liberty. You're not waiting on me. I'll tell you right now. Some of you need to obey the Holy Ghost and just go ahead and dance. So he says, so he, ever since that day, my dude dances every service. I don't care if it's a slow song. I don't care if it's a fast song. To him, every song is a dancing song. See, I'm going to tell some of y'all that's been through all kinds of stuff and God's done stuff for you. This ain't the time to be reserved. So, so, I'm going to prove to you that praise releases the angelic. So, he gets up there, and he's in the church one, sun, one Sunday night, and he's up there jumping and shouting, and he's looking around, and ain't nobody doing nothing. They're sitting there acting like God ain't done nothing for them. And he sits down on that pew, and he starts saying, God... I, it looks like I'm the only one praising you tonight. It looks like I'm the only one shouting up in here. About that time, Dylan Jordan, God opens his eyes. And on his right hand was an angel. And on his left hand was an angel. And every time he shouted, they shouted. And every time he clapped, they clapped. I'm going to tell some of y'all right now. You got an angel standing right next to you. And they're waiting on you to give God some radical praise.
What would you do if you knew an angel was standing by you? And every time you clapped, they did. That's what David saw when he went to dancing. He could see the angelic. The angelic was praising God with him. You know, if you could see in the spirit right now, if some of you could see in the spirit right now, there are so many angels in this building. Oh, Brother Wade, I don't know about all that, but you would believe it if I said a devil was in here. You'd believe it if I said the demonic was in here. But if I say the angels are in here, you sit there and you're calculating. I got news for you. Oh, well, I better not. I'll... to help some of y'all. I'm going to try to move on in my message, but I'm going to try to help some of y'all right now that are worried about the devil after my home and devil after my kids and devil after all this and the devil this and devil that and devil, 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 devil. Oh, well. Worried about the devil. I just want to give you a little newsflash. When Lucifer was kicked out of heaven, there was a third that was kicked out with him. That means for every devil, there's two angels. That means there is at least two times more angels on your side than there is devils fighting you. You know why we don't have angelic visitations? Because of the way we talk. I better not. I, I better not. I'm going to. I don't want to mess y'all up. I, you, the reason why you ain't got angelic visitations and you're seeing devils all the time is because your speech is creating an atmosphere for the demonic to live in. Okay. Brother Carson, I totally got off my notes. I tell you, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to help some of y'all right now. Some of you, oh, better, oh. The reason why some of you husbands and wives don't have peace in your marriage is because of what you talk about all the time. Got marriage problems every week? Because of what you're spewing out of your mouth every week. You're talking about all kinds of junk going on. Is this okay, Pastor? I'm, I, I don't mean to be rude. I, but I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to help some of y'all right now. The enemy, see, the enemy knows I don't have to attack you. I'll just let your mouth get you in trouble. And when you open your mouth and say dumb stuff out of your mouth, the spirit world jumps on top of that. That's why, that's why when the pastor gets up and starts saying we are going to have victory, we are going to take territory, that releases the angelic because the spirit world gets a hold of that and says that's exactly right. Whatever they say is going to take place. That's what happens. So when you start talking, so when you start talking faith and you got somebody next to you rolling their eyes and say, that's too big, God can't do that, get as far away from them. It's, a, it's evidence, it's evidence that they got demonic influence operating in their lives. It's exactly right. Because, because your words create atmospheres. <laughs> Yes. So that's what, that's what David understood. David understood that. He said, 
He said, that's why he said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you. Because I want the angelic to be attracted to my house. I got boys that don't want to live for God. I got people trying to throw javelins at me. And I, got, I don't have just devils fighting me. I got flesh fighting me. And I need some warriors to go to war on my behalf. See, see, this is, this is not a Pentecostal church. This is an apostolic church. And in an apostolic church, we believe not just in the new birth experience, but we believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. That's right. So God said, David said, teach me to measure my days. Can I have a few more minutes? Okay. Is this all right? I, 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 I don't want to keep you here so long. The restaurant's closed and you can't get a hamburger at the church. But anyway, here it is. But I, so he says, teach me to measure my days. But then God says something in the book of Jeremiah, and he says, and he says, now watch. He says, now when it comes to those heathen nations, he said, when it comes to those heathens, he said, I'm going to totally obliterate them. I'm going to wipe them out off the face of the earth. But he said, when it comes to you, I'm going to deal with you by measure. Oh, yeah, that's when I got a 411 from the Holy Ghost. That's when I got, some of y'all don't know what 411 is. Uh, yeah, I got an instant message, not an instant message. I got an instant message from the Holy Ghost. And God said to me, Bobby, he said, my people think that the trial they're in is never going to end. Uh, yeah. But he said, you tell them that before they ever went into the trial, I measured how far the trial was going to go before they got into it. make some of y'all shout right there but I'm going to say it again before you ever went into the trial God measured how far it was going to go before you got into it somebody shout he measured he measured he measured so now my so I'll tell you what I'm talking about so my last year around this time it was around September actually I was in Columbus Ohio and I was preaching and I was in that meeting and while I was in that meeting my wife calls me and she's having a hysterical fit on the other side of the phone on the other line there and I said uh, hey wait a minute what's going on she said to me now she says Bobby something's wrong with Madison I said okay what's wrong I, I said uh, calm down tell me what's wrong she said well uh, I thought she was having an appendix attack and when we got up there they did some x-rays and they found a large mass on her hip I said okay it was immediately that the Holy Ghost kicked in uh, y'all better hear what I'm getting ready to tell you now immediately the Holy Ghost kicked in and the whole I said to my wife I said Jody my daughter does not have cancer now brother Wade how could you say that I could say that ma'am because about a month before that occurred I had a prophet of God y'all believe in prophets around here I had a prophet of God call me and said, Bobby, I see you going, watch the terminology. He said, I see you going through a small storm. I see you going through a small storm. But the Holy Ghost has me to tell you, you are coming out of it and you're coming out with great victory. 
So when my wife said there was a mass on her hip, I took authority over the lying spirit that said my daughter had cancer. I told her, I said to her, she said, how do you know that? I said, God said, we're going through a small storm. We're going through something small. And this is not going to be something big. <laughs> God said it was going to be a small storm. And I, she said, I don't know, Bobby. I said, hold it just a second. Put my daughter on the phone. I said to Madison, I said, Madison, I want you to know right now, you do not have cancer. So you don't have to freak out. You don't have to get ready for the chemo. You don't have to get ready for the radiation because you don't have it. And I said, well, Brother Wade, that was just wishful thinking. I got news for y'all right now. That's not wishful thinking. That's called the gift of faith. And I told my wife, I told my wife, I said, Jody, you are not to mention that word cancer in my daughter's room. Nobody is to mention cancer around my daughter. Because the enemy is not going to get a hold of something and try to act up. Okay. And I said, furthermore, Brother Carson, furthermore, when I get home, I'm going to land in Houston you're going to pick me up. When you pick me up, we're going to the nicest restaurant there is around there. And we're going to order appetizers. Now see, now y'all think I done lost my mind. I'm going to help y'all with something. Brother, let me tell you a little secret here now. So I said, we're going to order appetizers. We're going to get the best meals they got. We're going to get, we're going to order desserts. We're going to get, we're going to roll out. I'm telling you, we're going to get it all together. Bobby, why in the world are you talking about that? I said, because we're going to celebrate in advance what God's about to do because God has made what we're going somebody needs to celebrate oh yeah watch now watch so I get down there I get off the plane my wife gets her little cry in I'm not being insensitive I'm just telling you what happened she gets her cry in I stand there and hold her for about five minutes and let her cry and I said now baby we're on our way to Papa Seafood House uh, yeah I'm gonna get the salmon salmon Alexander I'm gonna get the salmon Alexander with scallops and crawfish tails and white cream sauce oh y'all hear what I'm trying to tell you now and we're not gonna skimp out on anything and while we were there we were talking about the miracle that was gonna happen ladies and gentlemen we did that because God had measured how far it was going to go we celebrated in that parking lot and the next day they came out there and said your daughter has no cancer at all oh somebody let's praise the name of the Lord right now Hey, God, let me have it, Job. Let me have at him. God said, you go right ahead. But I've already set the parameters on how far you can go with old brother Job. 
You can take his cattle. You can take his kids. You can, but you can't touch him. Because I'm going to need a vehicle to have a double portion. So, so he measured. He measured. He measured. I'm sorry for being so long, but... So he measured. He measured. He measured. He said, I done figured out how, long, how far this is going to go. And I've measured how far it's going to go. And when it's done, just, just watch what I'm going to do. He says, I measured how far the enemy could attack this church and afflict this church and mess with this church. I measured it. I measured it. I measured it. I measured it. And when I measured it, I told the enemy, he said, you can only afflict that people so long. You can only cause them to be, you can only cause them to stay in place for so long. But when that's done, when that's done, he said, you can't go no further. You, you, you can afflict that man's body. You can do whatever you want to do. But guess what? I've measured how far you're going to go with this man, and you're not going no further. You're not going no further. See, so the enemy said, I'll strip them of everything they got. I strip it down, and I think I'm over in the corner thinking, I have won something. And God's down there, he's looking at all this, and he says, yeah, you've won something. You've won a ringside ticket. You're going to get a courtside ticket. And you're going to be the only one in the building to watch it. So get your popcorn ready. You're going to need a couple bags. Get you some nachos. Get you a couple, two liters of soda. Because everything you have taken from that church... Okay. Everything you have taken from them, and you sat off in the corner and you laughed, and you mocked them when they had, when they had trouble, and you mocked them, and you made them feel like second-class citizens, and you made them feel like the scum of the earth, and you made them feel like, and you made them feel so hopeless that they would never come out of it. Oh, yeah, I measured it. See, I measured it. He said, all that, he said, I measured it. And he said, within the measurement, now you got to catch this, sis. Now, there's a church in Mississippi. It's so far out in the woods, you got to go towards town to go hunting. That's how far out it is. Okay? You got to go towards town to go hunting. You don't find this place on accident. And there was a man in that church that contracted a job. I'm almost done, I promise. He contracted a job, and he went $586,000 in the hole. Now, Pastor, you're a smart individual. I don't know how he did it, but it happened. And so this man goes in the hole, $586,000. And he's, but here's the amazing thing, Brother Carson. He didn't quit the church over it. He didn't fall out with the pastor over it. He didn't say it was the church's fault. Ain't that something? He didn't say it was, he didn't say, man, if my pastor was more spiritual, I, sh I sh could have a, break a, a breakthrough financially. Oh, my. 
He didn't sit there and say, man, if we had better leadership, man, we, I, I wouldn't have ended up in that mess. See, I'm going to tell some of y'all, now's not the time to be pointing the finger at leadership. Is this on? Now's not the time to be sitting there nitpicking leadership. Now ain't the time to be doing that. Because God's measuring. And this man kept coming to the house of God. He kept praising God. He kept on giving. They had a building fund going. He made a commitment. He, I don't know how he did it, but he kept on doing it. And after a while, see, God sometimes, he just lets us, he just wants to see. He just wants to see, bro, can I get the same praise out of them? Even though they're going through a trial. I just want to see if I pull back my blessing a little bit. Was they addicted to the blessing or was they addicted to the blesser? So this man, this man continues on. To, he, he continues to be faithful. And one day, the pastor, one day, the pastor walks off the platform. He walks off the platform, walks up to this man and says, God said... He's going to work on that today. $586,000 in the hole. He's going to work on that today. Oh, get the measuring tape out. Something's about to happen. He said, God's going to work on that today. Ladies and gentlemen, you see, God measured how far that man was going to go. He measured how far that trouble was going to go. And I'd like to tell you right now, and I am happy to report to you, that God did go to work on that. And in 90 days, God wiped out $586,000 because... Okay, some of y'all ain't. I, I wonder what God would wipe out for some of you in 90 days if you would not measure your response. Oh, somebody lift your hands and worship the Lord. My God, my God. Watch what I'm going to tell you all now. I was standing in Brazil. I was standing in Brazil, not Indiana, South America. I was in South America. I walked off the platform. There was about 400 people up in there. And only about 10 of them were tapping in. Only about 10, it seemed like, was tapping into what was going on. And I, I stepped out the platform. There was a woman standing there. And I, I told about that man reco being recovered from that $586,000. That chick wanted to praise God all over that house. What I didn't know was, bro, was her and her family was $1 million in debt. But God got the measuring tape out. That chick went to shouting and praising God all over that church. She didn't understand A from Z about what my, about English, but she knew enough that she better respond right then. And that woman, see, I'm going to tell this church something right now. This is the crux of what I came to preach. The crux of what I came to preach here tonight is God is trying to tell this CMT that when I measure... Uh, you see, ladies and gentlemen, our problem is we come into church and we measure how much we're going to shout. We measure how much we're going to give. We measure how much we're going to praise. We measure how much we're going to respond. But God said, I'm doing some measuring. That woman 
went to shouting and praising God. And when she got out of that church, on her way home, she got a phone call. And the phone call said, we don't know what happened, but just about an hour ago, we got a call that the $1 million debt had been totally wiped out. How did that happen? It wasn't because she was lucky. It wasn't none of that. It was because she didn't measure her response to God. Listen, I'm done. Watch, it's 8-11. Watch, I'm done. She, see, I, I got a bunch more stories. I don't have time to tell them. But suffice it to say, I asked, I asked, I said, when I read Ezekiel 47, get it now. The Bible said the waters are coming out, right? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, that passage is not about the river. That, that passage is not about the river. has nothing to do with the river. Come right over here, my brother. Come right here and help me. This passage has everything to do with the attitude of Ezekiel. Because God shows up says, see them waters? Yeah. And the angel of the Lord shows up with a line in his hand. And he measured. And he measured. Not Ezekiel. God measured. He measured. And the Bible said they were to the ankles. And God says, you like that? He's like, you like that? We like ankle deep water because we can still control the outcome. We like it because we can control the outcome. And God says, Oh, you like that? And he measured. And he went another thousand. And then he measured. And he went another. And God, God just kind of nudged me. And it was like God said to me, Bobby, watch the attitude of Ezekiel. I said, I never even thought of it. He goes, he goes, the attitude of Ezekiel. I said, okay, tell me about it. He said, Bobby, the attitude of Ezekiel was that no matter how far I measured, he never said no. You know what God's saying to this church right now? I've measured some stuff out in this church. I measured how far the trial was going to go. But I've also measured some other stuff. And I want to know, can I take you beyond the place where you control everything? Can I take you beyond the... I'm going to tell this church right now, and I'm done. I, I, I'm going to tell, tell this church something right now. God is looking at this church, and God is saying, if you don't tell me no when I measure, I'm going to take you to a place that cannot be measured. I'm going to say it again, CMT. The pastor talked about it tonight and it confirmed what God had said to me. The pastor talked about overflow. Ladies and gentlemen, you better hear what I'm going to tell you. God is saying, I want to take this church to a place that cannot be measured. Somebody ought to lift your hands and worship the Lord. You ought to get out of your seat and just praise the Lord a minute. to she's for Christ it's not time to measure your response it's time to tell God there's nothing off limits
limits to me. Whatever you say, I'm going to go all in. We can't say no now. We can't reserve our response. How far are you willing to go, Ezekiel? Are you okay with ankle deep anointing? Hey, if you won't tell God no when He wakes you up in the middle of the night to pray, He'll take you to waters to swim in. Don't measure the response. You're not doing that, but the Holy Ghost would have me to remind you tonight, don't measure your response. Don't measure your response. I'm telling CMT and the Holy Ghost, now is not the time to measure how far you're willing to go. Now is the time to let God measure. And every time God measures, if you're willing to step out, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. If you're willing to step out when God measures... Throw your hands in the air. I feel the Holy Ghost hovering over us. Hey! Hey, you pastor! If you won't measure when God says come forth, I'll take you to a place that can't be measured! Hey, CMT, we can't afford to reserve something for ourselves. We've got to go all in. I'm done preaching, y'all. The Holy Ghost is waiting on some of y'all to respond. The Holy Ghost is waiting on some of you to respond. I know we've been in service a long time. I know we've been in service almost two hours. But fooey with that, we got to stop measuring. We got to let God measure. Come on, the waters are up to the ankles right about now. But the angel of the Lord has measured again. Said, I want to know, can I take you to the knees? Hey, can I take you to the place? Can I take you to the loins? Hey, hey, can I take you to waters to swim in? Hey, Ezekiel, get the line out of your hand. I got the line in mine. measuring your commitment give it to God if God's telling you to pray an hour you give it all you have stop measuring your response I can't afford to stay in the shallows (laughs) 
That's it, family. That's it, family. That's what I'm talking about. That's it, family. There are people in this room right now that God's measuring, and you're going out. You're launching out. Hey, young person, don't measure your response tonight. Hey, young person, go all the way in. And he measured. Measuring, 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 measuring. That's it, ma'am. That's it. You want me to go to the mission field? You want me to go? Where do you want me to go, God? Where is it? Oh, God, touch this family right now. Oh, God, they're not going to measure their response to you. Oh, God, they're going all in. Nothing's off limits. Hey, young person. Hey, young person, you may feel a little reserved, but you ought to forget about who's standing next to you. You ought to step out of that aisle. You ought to get on your face. You ought to tell God right now at your age, I'm not going to measure my response. Oh. 